Um, my name is Christian Libber. Um, I am married to the wonderful, beautiful, yellow-dressed wife right here in the front, Riza. Yes, she's got a yellow dress on, and I've got turtles on, okay? On my shirt, there are turtles because my wife saw it yesterday in the shop and said, it's super cute, you will be preaching in it tomorrow. And I submitted and said, of course I will, my love. Friends, let's get into this morning. We are concluding our series called Abide. And um, this is a series that we've been preaching worldwide. Our, our every nation churches all across the world have been preaching this series. And it's about the power and the beauty of God's word. And I really hope that by now, if you've been with us in this series, that you would have grown in your love for the Word of God. We've, we've done a lot of things. The next slide will show you. There's, there's been five weeks of this, exploring different elements of God's Word. And, um, and I really want to encourage you, if this is your first time joining us, go back, watch these uh, series, this whole, all, this, all of these messages. We can find it on our Facebook pages, YouTube pages. Um, are you going to just move it a little bit? Am I blowing into it? Thank you, Phil. Your, your, wife dre- your wife dressed you, but... Um. <laughs> my wife dressed me, but my leader mic'd me. I am mic'd. There we go. All right. So, um, there's just been an incredible series about the Word of God. I, I, I really encourage you all to look at it, to find a deep love for God's Word again. And But this morning, we're going to be talking specifically about this Word of God that bears fruit in our lives. It bears fruit. And there's three things we're going to explore about bearing fruit. Number one, what is it? What is Jesus Christ referring to when he uses this analogy about fruit? Number two, why do you want it? Whether you believe in Jesus or not this morning, why do you even want to bear fruit? And finally, okay, hopefully if I've done well enough with point two, you're going to ask me, well, how do I get it? And that's where we're going to get into word three. So, Let's jump into this morning. We're in John chapter 15, verse 1 to 11. You're welcome to open your Bibles, phone apps, or follow with me on the screen. But we are in Jesus Christ's final discourse. It's his final week on earth. John 13 to 17, 18 to the end. It's his final week. And so Jesus' sayings from John chapter 13, all of it is intensifying. It's becoming more intentional. He knows there's not a lot of time left. And if you think that almost half of John's whole gospel is dedicated to Jesus' final week, that tells you the importance of the things that he is actually saying in this final week. And in the middle, we find this incredible analogy that Jesus Christ uses about himself and us. The way that we are to relate to one another. The way this whole Christian following Jesus Christ thing works. And that's where we're going to pick up this morning. We're going to read the analogy, a lot of incredible things that Christ is saying. We'll, we'll discover what he is really trying to tell us. Let's start from verse 1. I am the true vine, Jesus says. This is the final of his I am statements as well. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Here Jesus goes again. Repetition. Repetition in their culture meant 
important, important. Nota bene, envia, you know, important, important. Here I go. Verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Amen, right? Amen, yes, come on. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide, me is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burnt. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified. You bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you, com- if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things, all of this, I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. Incredible scripture. What is Jesus talking about? What does He mean when He says, bear fruit? Now, Um, without raising your hand on behalf of your spouse, who here believes that there's something about them that still needs to change? Yes, there we go. All right, there's something about us that need to change, okay? Maybe some point in your life, a very loving friend or a loving spouse brought it under your attention that you are impatient or that you are a bad driver that something about you needs to change. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're so hardworking that, that you sort of neglect some of your other responsibilities. Maybe you're, you need to clarify your communication. Maybe there's something about you that needs to grow, something about your character that needs to change. And then you go home and you say, okay, I'm going to be patient, and boom, you're patient, right? That's how it works, right? No, no, that's not, unless you're my wife, that's not how it works, okay? How this works is more like going up a downward escalator. Anyone ever tried to do that? Yes. It is exhausting, right? You run up the escalator and it feels like you're working against yourself, you're getting nowhere, and here's the reality. When you stop working, it's not like you stand still. You go right back down. There is a degradation that is a reality in this world. If you put your car in the sun outside, you just leave it there for a couple of years, you come back, you look at your car, it's going to look bad. The roof, everything is going to be degraded. There's maintenance. Any dads in the house that are tired of doing maintenance in their homes? Yes? Yes. There we go. Okay, why do I have to do maintenance? Because it degrades over time. There's a backward escalator that's happening. And it's exactly the same with our character. If there's something about me that needs to change, if I need to become more patient, by just knowing that, I'm not going to change. In fact, by doing nothing about it, it will get worse. It will degrade. Jesus Christ, when He speaks about fruit, He's talking about your character. It's talking about who you are on the inside. What is character? Character is who you are when no one is looking. The secretive part of you. The inside. You know, how how kind are you really? How caring are you really? How loving, how patient, how enduring, how what it is, it is the what is inside, what is your character like when you get squeezed? Okay, when you squeeze a lemon, lemon juice comes out. 
When life gets rough and you get squeezed, what comes out? How do you respond? That's your character. That's who you are. That's what Jesus is talking about here. Another way to talk about it is about the results. What results is your life producing? In other words, if you spend a lot of time with someone and they walk away from spending time with you, what are they going to say? What has been the result on their lives of spending time with you? Are they going to say, wow, Isil really loves to talk about himself. I'm just kidding. Or are they going to say, man, I have never felt so cared for or someone so interested in my life like Aisel was now. What is the result of your character, of who you are on someone else around you? That is the fruit that Jesus Christ is talking about. But he's not just talking about any fruit. He's not just talking about, you know, general virtues in our society, you know. He's not talking about it. He's talking about a specific fruit. He says, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. He's talking about a kind of fruit that glorifies God. And what does it mean to glorify God? It's to glorify God is not like looking at God through a microscope, okay? A microscope takes something that is really small and makes it look much bigger than it is so that you can study it. No. To glorify God means your life acts a lot like a telescope. It's taking something that is extremely big, way more, way far more than you can ever comprehend, and it's just trying to make it look like the way it actually is. To glorify God means your life is revealing to people what what God is really like. Jesus says, by this you prove that you are my disciples, you are followers of me, that you bear much fruit. There's a kind of fruit that when people look at you, they say, wow, this person Definitely follows Jesus Christ. There's something different about this person that I want. Put the slide up. The fruit that Jesus Christ is talking about, it's that your actions, your life, your responses to things, your work, your character, everything you do points people to the person, Jesus Christ. You're living for something bigger than yourself. That is what Jesus is talking about when he says, bear much fruit. All right. Now, this morning you might be sitting here, you're not too sure about your faith in Christ, or you don't believe, or you do believe, and your next question is, Christian, that's great, but why do I want to point people to Jesus Christ? Why would I, in the first place, want to point people to Jesus Christ? Here it is, okay? Don't fall off your seats when I give it to you. Here's what Jesus says. Here's why. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Yes? No? Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Let me explain, all right? Here's how it works. Okay, the thing about a branch, a little bit of anatomy. A branch is only troy, truly joined to the vine or the stem if the juices, the life, the, the nutrients, the chemicals, the moisture that the, that the vine draws from the ground transfers through the vine and into the branch. That's, it's only really connected when that starts happening, okay? If the branch is really joined, then the life that comes into the vine from the ground comes into the branch. There's an actual life. There's a flowing of juices. There's something coming from the ground. Because obviously, the branches are not connected to the ground. The vine is. The vine is connected to the real thing, 
And the branch needs to be connected to the vine, who is connected to the real thing, who is connected to the ground, the green grass, green aroma. If there's no growth, okay, there's no blossoms, no enlargement, there's no fruit, then it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It doesn't matter what you're saying on the outside. The, the branch is not truly joined to the vine. Okay, it might be cosmetically joined. It, it might be superficially joined, but it's not organically joined. It's not actually joined to the vine. This is the image that Jesus Christ gives us of his relationship with believers. Do you see now why you want it? No? Okay, wait. <laughs> Let me explain. Jesus is saying that his relationship with someone his relationship with a believer who is truly joined to him, who has become a part of his family, his being, is more intimate than an employer-employee relationship. It's more intimate than a, than a parent-child, than a friend-mentor. It's, it's more intimate than a husband-wife relationship. It's more intimate. You're saying, Christian, how can you say that? Because I'm the preacher this morning, okay? No, I'm kidding. Here's why I say that is because all of those relationships have influence. A parent influences their child a lot. A, a mentor, there's in every single relationship, in order for me to change another person, I have to influence them, right? I'm influencing them. Jesus says, that's not how my relationship with you works. I am not the gardener that stands on the outside and waters you and encourages you and uses funny techniques and music to help this thing grow in the right direction. That's not who I am. I am the vine. I enter into your very nature. I do not influence you to grow in a certain area. I enter you to grow because you cannot grow on your own. Jesus is using a metaphor that is more intimate than sex. That's more intimate than anything we can, we can know on earth. Because everything else, physical intimacy, that in itself, it ends. It's sporadic. Jesus says, I don't end. I don't stop. I am the vine. And I join. And from the inside, I pour myself into you. I enter your very nature. And I will not stop. There will be no end to my nature pouring into your life if you abide in me. Do you guys understand that in order for this to have happened, Jesus Christ had to become a man. Jesus Christ had to enter our world. Sin had separated us from God. We've, we were branches, cast, we were destined for the fire, dead on the side, trying to produce our own fruit. When you're without Christ, you're going to work and run up that escalator and you will never get anywhere. 
Because there's something wrong on the inside. You have been separated from the life-giving vine. And Jesus Christ is saying, me, I came to this world and I gave all of me. I have committed my life, my goodness. I've left my throne. I have left my job as a star-breathing God, glorious in heaven, to invade your life for one reason. That you might abide in me and that you might become a person of incredible greatness. You see, the greatest thing that you can do with your life, there's one thing that you can do with your life that's great beyond all other things. That is to by your life bear fruit that glorifies God and points other people to him. Do you guys see in the scripture, Jesus is talking and he's saying, apart from me, you can do nothing? Does that mean if you don't believe in Jesus, you don't follow Jesus, you're having a bad day, you're going to just whoop, flop this. Nothing, now you're just, you're, you're now just, I don't know, nothing. No, you're still going to do stuff, right? You're going to run around and do stuff and say stuff and you're still going to be a person. What Jesus is saying, he says, apart from me, you can do nothing of actual value. Everything you will do will mean nothing. And in the end, then, doesn't it just amount to nothing? Apart from me, you can do no thing of value. No good thing apart from me. If, there's n if it's not pouring back into who I am, you're going to find at the end of your life, and hopefully you don't have to wait till then, hopefully you can realize it now, that anything you have done apart from Jesus that did not directly take into consideration or glorify or honor or flowed from relationship with Jesus Christ means nothing. To Peter 1, verse 3 to 4. Peter, a very impulsive fisherman who I really like a lot, understands something. He says, His divine power, this is Jesus Christ, has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. In other words, for Jesus' fruit to be born through our knowledge of Him, our relationship, our connection to the vine, the flowing of the juices and His life into us. He's given us everything we need. I'll skip a little part of this for time's sake. Verse 4. Through that, through Jesus, through that you may participate in the divine nature. That's the DNA, the inside juices, something divine happening in your nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desire, the degradation. When you are connected to the vine, you don't just run up the escalator of character transformation. You fly up. You soar past it. It reverses and catapults you forward. Without Jesus, you will forever be stuck. And not just stuck, but degrading. This, this is what it says. It says, you will escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. The degradation, gone. There it is. There's the answer. And Jesus Christ says, I have come to this world. I have lived perfectly. I have died horribly. I have suffered. I have done all of this. I have given you a holy life because I'm committed 
to knowing you that you might become all that I have intended you to become. Do you see why you want to bear Jesus' fruit? Because the thing is, Jesus Christ is committed to you. Jesus Christ has committed his life to all of us, friends. When we realize that, and the extent to which you realize that is the extent to which you will surrender to your vine. You will receive his life-giving juices and you will bear fruit. So let's ask the question. How do I get it? I think I've, you're all starting to see how you get this fruit, how you are transformed. There's something organically that happens. But here's the thing, okay? When we, when we don't understand exactly how the Jesus Christ working into my life works, here's usually what we would do. We'd go home knowing something about us needs to change, right? We're aware of it. We'll work on it. We'll maybe call in some accountability. Maybe ask Siri to give me a reminder to be patient next time I'm driving in my car. Maybe something like that. And then we try and we try. And at some point, my impatience affects someone close to me and it hurts them. And they call it out. Hopefully they call it out. Sometime you walk into this church and these people around you love you enough to say, hey, I see something on your life. You are impatient. You are struggling with insecurities and I want to help you. And what are you going to say? You're going to say, excuse me, who are you to tell me? I know my flaws, okay? You're not perfect. Take the bulk out of your own eye and we, and we take offense. And so many people have left this church because of that. That is basically what happens. We become insecure because we see, once again, we realize that I can't change myself. I can't change my, my fruit. I can't do it. Friends, you don't get it. You don't get it by trying harder. You don't, that's, not, that's how you're not going to get it. Many times in our culture, we believe, okay, what I need to do is I need to work harder, okay? And if I do well enough, if I achieve this well enough, maybe then God will approve of me and God will love me. And you know what's the answer? Yes, God will love you. God already does love you. But as long as you're working for his love, you will never experience his love because you are only inferring his love. What Jesus is saying in this scripture is, if you want to know my love, you need to tap into my love into my vine, I am the vine, you need to experience it and live from my love, not for my love. As long as you live for my love, you will not know my love because you're just inferring my love. You're not going to know my love unless you stop trying to earn it. You start enjoying it. Jesus gives us three very practical things how we get the fruit. First one is we abide in Him. He is the true vine. What does it mean to abide in Him? Well, very short, dependence. It means you depend on Him. You depend on Christ for everything. You trust in Christ for everything. Where do you go when you are stressed? It's the first place you go to when you have a major job or responsibility that you need to meet. What's the first place you go to when you're facing conflict with a spouse or a loved one or a child? Where's the, better yet, where's the first place you go when you wake up in the morning? Are you depending on Jesus Christ? 
That is how you abide in Him. The second thing Jesus gives us, He talks about a if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. This whole series has been abiding in his word, the Bible. God's full and final revelation in written form to mankind. It's all you need. And when you abide in that word, when you study it, when you decide, I'm going to get over myself of wanting to be entertained by everything. I'm going to pick up the book that seems boring, and I'm going to see how super incredible it is when it transforms the very essence of who I am. I'm going to find a way to understand what I'm reading. Guys, there's a lot of incredible resources. I, during the December holidays, I bought myself an ESV study Bible. Oh, my word. My wife and I tried to read through Genesis together. When she was at chapter 12, I was reading the notes on chapter 2. Because it was changing my life from Genesis, chapter 2. Find a way to abide in His Word. And finally, Jesus says, here's number 3. Let's come and abide in my love. Will you come and recognize just who I am? Will you come and just learn how I feel about you? And not just how I feel about you, but what I've chosen to do for you. And what that means, how much you are worth to me. Just come and abide in my love. Friends, the rest of your life. I mean, Paul, Romans chapter 8. May you have strength to comprehend the width, the depth, the height, the length. There is nothing Nothing high, nothing low, nothing wide, nothing deep, nothing evil, nothing strong. There is no thing that can separate us from the love of Christ. For your, the rest of your life, you are going to grow in your understanding of the love that Jesus Christ has for you. I want to invite Lindri up on stage, please, Linz. This morning, there's two things I want to minister to you all from this word. A second one, we're going to minister during communion. But while I was preparing this, the Holy Spirit just quickly told me, and I'm doing this message three, three services today, but there is someone, it's not just necessarily one person, but the condition of someone's heart that God wants to take hold of is someone who has been a little bit on the fence about Christianity, about Jesus Christ, about God. There's something in you that knows this is the truth. This is life and life in abundance. But you're not yet sure if you should throw your whole life at Jesus Christ. If you should surrender every part of who you are to Him. You're not yet sure. And Jesus this morning is want to invite you from the fence to jump wholeheartedly into everything that He wants to give you. Maybe you are someone that you've given your life to Christ when you were a young person, when you were a child. You've never really grown. You've never really, you've just, he's never really, be, he's been there, but he's not part of your life. If you are that person this morning, then I am here for you. And Christ is here for you. And I want to invite you that I may pray with you. If that is you, if I've described you now this morning, you may be willing to stand so I can pray with you.
there's anyone like that here this morning.